You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would like to give a big thanks to Kyle0611 for our newest five-star rating and positive review on iTunes. I'm your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What up, my man? All is well here. I'm excited to dig into this one. What's what's good with you? I'm uh, actually in Salt Lake City, and, and I forgot to bring my headphones, so if I sound weird, apologies for uh, everyone listening in. But uh, I'm in Salt Lake. I'm here for a tour kickoff for uh, one of our clients, and it is um, cold but not snowing, so I'm excited about that. Exciting stuff, my friend. Uh, yeah, getting the getting the miles in early and often for you this year, I guess, huh? Yeah, man, totally. Um, in the last episode, we discussed the ins and outs of hiring guest musicians or vocalists for your songs. That was a really cool episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at Rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCMANAGEMENTAL and get 15, that's 1-5% off your entire order. But in the weather has warmed up a little bit again for me on the East Coast. Not warm enough to go perusing tank tops over at Rockabilia, but I was definitely eyeing a couple cool t-shirts. You know, just wanted to point out they've got over 500,000 unique items spanning all different genres. And why we are excited to continue to plug them is that they support us as podcasters, they support our network, and they support the artists that you guys love and listen to. So as Blasco mentioned, Head over to Rockabilia and check that out when you have a chance. This week we talk about the proper etiquette for opening bands. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. So Mike, um, I was uh, perusing the music-laden interwebs for a topic this week. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting whenever, you know, you and I have been in the business for so long and certain things we, you know, we just take for granted. We just think that we just think that certain concepts are just common sense. Right. And uh, as I stumbled across this article, um, it's it's basically about 
as an opener, whether you're an opener on a touring band, maybe this is your first tour and you're the opener, maybe it's a local situation where it's like, you know, a touring package is coming around and you've become the local opener, whether it's a pay to play situation or what have you, you know, it's interesting here. We are 51 episodes deep and, and, uh, you know, we can continue to find things that are, um, on point for our listeners and like this to me is a really big one that I think maybe I've it's been easy to sort of brush off and it's just like, oh, oh yeah, I just take this as common sense. But no, it's, it's probably really not like the etiquette and the proper way to conduct yourselves as an opener in any, you know, in any kind of capacity. And so I thought this was going to be, um, you know, a pretty cool topic for our listeners today. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I think one of the reasons why you may have overlooked it is, you know, you and I come from an era where you had to play shows in order to be a band, even be considered a band. You know, the options of recording before you had really honed your skills, you know, it was a really huge investment. And, and that's how you ensured that you got better was you were either in the practice space. And of course, the practice space led you to wanting to play shows. So I get it. But as we've talked about, you know, so many times the industry has changed. It, it doesn't mean it's, you know, for the worse. We, we both actually welcome change. But that's part of it. You do get people that are now quote unquote in a band, you know, long before they've had to figure out how to go play a show. Then when they do get opportunities, whether like you said, they're local, uh, they're on a larger, you know, touring package or, um, you know, still in the local capacity or even on a nationwide tour, there is some stuff that, that is in here that I think it will be really helpful for our listeners. So nice on pulling this one out. Yeah. So here we go. Five tips on how to conduct yourself as an opening band, whether it be a local show or uh, a tour. Number one, the headliner is king. Whether you're the local opener for a touring band or actually on the road with someone, the headliner will set the tone. There will be certain things that they require pre-show and you should make sure to adhere to their wishes. The less their pre-show routine is interrupted by your own, the more likely they'll be to invite you back, especially if your performance is awesome. Yeah, I mean, this, again, you talk about common sense, you know, to me and you, especially people who manage headliners, you know, when they're bringing on bands, again, whether it is local, uh, which, of course, sometimes can be used to, you know, add certain value in a particular market, or whether they're aiding with ticket sales, yada, yada. I mean, when you're out there playing, you know, like tonight, you're, you're at the kickoff of a tour, uh, you know, the, the headliner can't be bothered and be consumed with, frankly, the needs of the opener. You know, they're worried about making sure that they can put on the best possible show that they can do and need to, you know, basically... Their team is setting a schedule and, you know, hoping to be able to adhere to it so they can work out any kinks, so they can ensure they've got a proper sound check, yada, yada. I've seen it way too many times, and I know you have too, where, you know, the the under the undercard, you know, takes themselves a little too seriously, and maybe there's something that's, you know, uh, doesn't work well for them, and they, they react to it, and they sort of revolt, which never ends up 
you know, helping the headliner and only typically, you know, spirals downward into, uh, you know, like it says here, uh, a case where they'll, they'll absolutely not invite you back with those kind of behaviors. Yeah, look, these opportunities are gifts and you have to conduct yourself as so like leave the ego at home. You are not entitled to these opportunities. You have to give as much respect to the headliner and to the promoter and to the venue, to the sound guy, to the monitor guy, all these people that are there to help you with your 30 minutes in front of a crowd of people, all of them deserve your utmost respect whenever you are starting off as the opener. Leave the ego and the nonsense and the bullshit. Leave that all behind. Do your show and give respect to everyone around you. That's Yeah, and you know, I mean, I remember when I first got into the management game and working with metal bands and they're out with headliners who, you know, frankly could give two shits about the comfort or the room that the opener, you know, even if it's on the tour, you know, would have on the stage, meaning they'd set up all their gear, massive kit, you know, wouldn't strike it, even if it's, you know, leaves the opener with no room in the center of the stage for the singer to perform. It was all about them, you know, and, and there's, I feel like there's less and less cases of that any longer, especially as the industry has changed and the live, you know, um, landscape has become so much more saturated. People have determined, obviously, they need to work together more than they can just stand out on their own. But, you know, inevitably, uh, like you said, I mean, for these bands that were out touring with them, it's like they were being able to play in front of much larger crowds than they would have on their own. So you kind of got to, you know, take the good with the bad and know when to, uh, you know, when to just nod your head and say, look, this isn't ideal for us, but it beats better, you know, it beats sitting at home playing in front of nobody. You know what I mean? No doubt. Uh, number two, stick to the schedule. You are part of the team. The headliner will create a schedule that works best for them. You will work your schedule around theirs. Most importantly, it's imperative that you are on time for everything. Absolutely. And, you know, things do change. Uh, you know, headliners in particular, you know, they, they try to stick to some sort of schedule. I know, you know, you still headline quite often. I'm not sure if you run into this issue, but when I was tour managing um, and, and now as a manager of headliners, we see it happen where, yeah, we'd love to have load in happen at one time and then let the band and the crew get all the gear set up and then sound check supposed to go a certain amount of time. And then, of course, you want to give the, the other bands, you know, their opportunity to either sound check or set up their gear. But things happen. You know, maybe the local venue, the there, there's something wrong with the equipment that day or you know maybe the crew is having an issue with the band's equipment or maybe the band needs more time to to sound check you know because they they had an interview or you know someone wasn't feeling well there could be any number of cases where you know the schedule does get thrown off and you've got to you know a try to stick to the original schedule if the if the headliner has you know, is on it. But if things change, you got to roll with the punches. Yeah. You, you might've thought you were getting a uh, sound check 
on yourselves and that all changes and it goes to a line check or no check at all but everyone working together to ensure that the show can actually happen makes it so much easier for all involved um and you know the last thing i'll say is just rolling with the punches with a positive attitude does so much for morale across the board you know than than reacting and and especially reacting negatively which i think you and i have seen you know far too many times oh man as a manager of headliners whenever you have some you know whenever it trickles into you that the opener is grumbling about something man like my first instinct is like well you can they can just go home then like you understand that the headliner is the one selling the tickets and as an opener once again to at risk of just reiterating everything i just said it's like it's a gift you have to look at this opportunity it's not about you there should be no grumbling you need to be happy to be there and if you're not it's very easy to send you home because you're not the one selling the tickets you know and also too to break down uh the schedule uh a little bit um for those that don't know so There'll be a schedule that will come to you, whether it's from the tour manager or the promoter that says things like, you know, your load in is at four o'clock. Your sound check is at five o'clock. There's a dark stage from six to seven and then doors are at seven. These are all these are all pertaining to you and to the complete run of show. And these are the things that you need to show up on time for. Be respectful. Be prepared to get on and off stage. Uh, you know, as quickly as possible. Don't bring 10 stacks and with one crew guy and expect to be able to get on and off stage in your five to 10 minute change over time. So be respectful, be, be prepared to roll quick and just get out of everyone's way and make the most of that 25, 30 minutes whenever you're on stage. Yeah, I mean, there's a rhyme and a reason for everything. And if you don't agree with it or see a better way to do it, then make that mental note. And for when you're a headliner, do things differently. Headliners are out there. Bands are out there. You know, even if it's in a local capacity, you know, just trying to to make their way and, and, and have a good time. So if they tell you to load in at five o'clock, there's a reason for that. It's typically because they don't want you in the room while they're sorting through their gear or, you know, going through their sound check or, you know, that's what the venue has told them. Hey, we're going to have an initial load in at noon for the headliner. And then our crew guys are going to go take a two hour break. So, you know, we're not paying out the wazoo for them and then come back and they'll help the local load in. I, I can't count the time that you know i've seen somebody who hasn't had the experience say oh well it should totally be different it should be like this and it's like okay look again if you got a better way save it for when you're in charge yeah number three do your own promoting for the show the more tickets sold you are responsible for the more value you will have to the headliner Make sure you're looking for your own press ahead of the show, promoting on social media and getting out on the street to flyer if it's a local show. If you bring enough people, it'll get you noticed, not just by the headliner, but by the promoter as well. Yeah, I mean, in the local capacity, I've seen it so many times where an artist does their work, they ensure that their fan base is mobilized and comes out, and the promoter takes 
you know, note of that. If they're able to, you know, especially if it's a, a ticket sell situation um, and they're able to ensure that they've sold tickets and can get bodies in the room or it, even at the very least, if they can make sure that, you know, the money that they've agreed to ends up in the promoter's hands without any excuses, you're going to get invited back for more and more opportunities. I mean, this one, you know, everybody wants a great show. Everybody wants people in the room. This is so self-explanatory to me. Do your part, you know, make the most of it, take advantage of the opportunity and really, really just, you know, ensure that you're doing all that you can to, to help the overall show. Yeah. in a, in a pay to play situation, where you're given X amount of tickets to sell and, you know, depending on how many you sell, the promoter is going to see how much you hustle and that's great. And of course you're going to want to do that in the terms of a non pay to play situation. How many tickets you've actually helped contribute selling is, is a little nebulous in nature, but the thing that we can see the, 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 the visibility of you is how much, you can promote it whenever you're on Instagram and you're tagging the artist or you're using the hashtag for the tour, doing all of that on Facebook, um, setting up events, you know, doing what you can so that you're as visible as possible, that you care, that you're not just using this as a free ride to play in front of people. And it really makes a difference. Believe me, as a manager, like we notice openers that, pay attention to these details and that put in some extra effort and ones that just kick back and don't really do anything. Like it's, it's the difference of who's, who's getting a thank you call to the manager, to the band getting, you know, potentially getting asked back, you know, these things all contribute and, you know, just don't take it for granted. That's my best advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Number four, support the headliner. Even though they're probably further along in their career than the bands that are opening for them, a headliner is still out there touring to make new fans and create opportunities for themselves. Don't forget to bring as much attention to them as possible, whether it's tagging them in your social media promotion ahead of the show or thanking them from stage and asking fans to visit their merch table Shout outs will always be appreciated and often reciprocated. It's funny when you were talking, when we were discussing point number two uh, about sticking to the schedule and, you know, talking about headliners selling tickets, you know, so much of the world that we live in, you know, package is important too. We're trying to put together the best bill possible. So everyone on the bill, you know, is bringing people into the door. So, you know, the sum of the parts is, is greater than each of the individual ones. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen it where, yeah, I mean, there have been times when bands are out headlining and there's a support act or a local act even that has a larger draw than the headliner itself. And I watch that dynamic, you know, certain times shift where, that band that's drawing more tickets all of a sudden gets a, a sentiment of entitlement. And I think, you know, part of what you and I would recommend is, you know, keep that stuff in check. Again, when you're headlining and you're moving tickets, you get to run the show. But what goes up must come down. And we've seen, <laughs> you know, we've seen bands that are, you know, in a direct support and, and there's been a large walkout. You know, we've both seen where 
a few years later, they're in that same position. And karma is a bitch. So how you treat people while you're on your way up is is the same way you will probably be treated um, on your way down. So all of these fundamentals of supporting the headliner in any instance, whether they're you know filling the room for you or whether you're doing more, the majority of the work, it's a respect thing, it's a protocol thing, and an etiquette thing. And so I'm just trying to hone in that things are going to come in different shapes and sizes. They're going to look different on each and every show and each and every tour, but keeping the fundamentals of, you know, professionalism, um, you know, in your forefront of your mind, each and every time you walk into a, a, a room is going to pay off over the long term of your career. Yeah. Look, people listening, you know, probably don't know this and, and, um, uh, you know, and you're not supposed to know this, but the reality is, the business side of music is really a very thankless job. And to, and cause like what he says here is like thanking the, the headliner from the stage or, you know, maybe it's the promoter or, or whatever it is, but thanking someone really goes a long way. It really sets you apart because we're all so accustomed to people just kind of taking things for granted. Um, and so a thanks really goes a long way. Thanking a headliner from the stage is should be a no-brainer. Or thanking the person that was able to get you there is a no-brainer to me. But I would even take it a step further. If this is a situation where you're on a tour and this is the first night of tour or if it's just a, if it's just a local one-off, you know, they might not hear you from the stage. They might they might not know because maybe they're not in the room or maybe the dressing room is so far separated that, you know, they, they, they can't hear you. So I would suggest to take it a step further. Bring a bunch of weed. Bring a bottle of Jack Daniels. Bring, bring write them a card. Bring them a gift that really shows your appreciation. I can honestly tell you that will go so far because it is so uncommon that they'll be like, wow, like that's super cool of you guys to appreciate our gift to you that much that you're giving us something that shows your appreciation. And that to me would go a really super long way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, dude, that is amazing advice. Something I hadn't even really thought of. Um, a few notes on it. One is, you know, of course, do your research. There's certain bands that I work with where different members partake in different things. So if you bring a bottle of Jack Daniels and the singer doesn't drink, you know, of course, do a little bit of homework on maybe their their interests. But yeah, anything to make, you know, kind of the, the creature comforts, you know, just a little bit easier for them. That's amazing advice and that's actually a perfect way to also you know maybe leave your demo uh, <laughs> yeah. in the same box or bag that you brought the bottle or, or whatever you're bringing is without a doubt or like one of your shirts because who knows maybe you know maybe one of the guys in the headlining band like likes likes your band or likes your logo or whatever or likes your t-shirt design and maybe they'll rock it on stage you know you know that that'd be good too, which leads us to potentially the n number five. Which well, let is me let me let me let me mention one more thing because not to jump too far down the rabbit hole on this one because because I I do want to move on to the last part, but and and it does continue to tie in. It's also once you make that move, you know, again headliners are busy 
And until you have worked with or been friends with or have seen sometimes the level of busyness that someone's dealing with, you know, take again. Blasco's out there, you know, for the kickoff of one of his clients' tours. They might be talking about 20 different things unrelated to the tour. The headliner has got to also worry about the tour itself, you know, getting into the mindset, you name it. So if you brought something for them, you might not actually ever find, you know, the person that you're looking for. You might not find the front man. You might not find the drummer, the bass player, the guitar player. It's totally okay to, you know, identify someone in the crew. Uh, you know, the tour manager it would be the first person I would go to and, you know, give it to them and say, hey, look, you know, really just want to say thank you if you can make sure this gets back to the band. And then, you know, lastly, if you do get the opportunity to present directly to the band, read the cues from them in regards to conversation. I think our advice would be make it relatively brief. You don't need to go in there and, you know, give them your life story and hang around for 15 or 20 minutes, you know, because these guys are probably going to want to be polite. I would say make it brief and then bust your way out of there. Yes, which leads us to number five, which is potentially the most important in these situations, network, network, network. One common thread you will see in every post about optimizing a situation is networking. It doesn't matter what industry you work in, networking is key. Whether it's introducing yourself to the headliner, getting to know the promoter for the event, or hanging out at your merch table, interacting with fans, the relationships you take away from any opportunity is what's going to be your biggest asset moving forward. Yeah, I mean, networking comes in all shapes and sizes, even when it doesn't look or feel like networking. That's actually our favorite kind of networking, you know, when it's just conversation and relationship building. Uh, networking is, of course, an easy is an easy uh, umbrella to put it all under. But, yeah, I mean, every last bit you you when you're there, you know, I don't think we can emphasize enough especially if a band is, you know, a national touring band, they're an established headliner, um, you know, they do this for a living or a support band, you know, they look to their eyes and ears of the other people that are with them, you know, to to give a read on, you know, uh, how someone is. I can't count the number of times where when I was a tour manager, you know, I dealt with a promoter who was a total asshole, yet... You know, when he got his two seconds with the singer of the band, he kissed up to him and, you know, made it seem as if, you know, there had never been any issues and he wasn't trying to stiff us on catering or buyouts or anything. And so, you know, thankfully, the the band, you know, trusted my opinion and my ability to read people. So when we talked about, you know, going back to certain promoters or clubs, I had, you know, some input there. Same will go for, you know, you as a local band or a support act. It's like, you know, the road crew, if they've got a, you know, a backline tech and you're consistently putting your stuff in his or her way, that's going to feed itself back to the band. And all of the work that you're doing, you know, uh, on the band to band front could be eliminated by, you know, some some sloppy, faulty errors in that capacity. Uh, Not anyone's perfect. And (laughs) Blasco and I can, of course, you know, count count. A bazillion times of having a grumpy backline tech who's always going to say he hates support or you know local bands, uh, and I'm not I'm not trying to call out that anomaly. I'm trying to say as a whole, view every single person 
in there the merch person the sound person the lighting engineer the monitor person you know the 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 bar back whoever it is try to treat them with respect and kindness and a smile they see something you don't like smile and nod and understand that you know the the easier you can make their life on any given day uh the better it's going to pay off for you in the networking um aspect of things no doubt no doubt Well, folks, that concludes episode 51. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, what you got cooking? You know, baby, just in here, getting the year started once again, feeling good about everything. If you guys want to follow me, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. And don't forget to rate us and review us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. As you can hear, Blasco's calling people out, which we definitely appreciate. We want to continue to grow this show, and that's definitely one way of doing it. The other way is to, you know, spread the word. If you really like what you're hearing, which many of you, you know, are tagging us in social posts, you know, please don't hesitate to continue to do so. Uh, any way that we can, you know, get the word out uh, is, is a way that we will take. Last but not least, uh, my coaching platform, Outer Loop Coaching. You can go to outerloopcoaching.com. We've got a really cool 2018 coaching intensive. I haven't seen anything else like it. You're going to be able to see what a real-life relationship between a manager and a client, a developing artist, looks like. It's over $4,000 value that we are you know, given away for about a tenth of the price. Uh, I'm just elated on what we are going to offer and excited to get started. We start January 24th. So head to outerloopcoaching.com or email me, Mike at Outerloop Management for any more information. And even though I said last but not least, one more reminder, rockabilia.com is your one-stop shop for all things band-related merchandise. No bootlegs, totally licensed supporting of the artists. Our code is PC Managemental for 15% off. Don't hesitate to tell them Blasco and Mike sent you because, uh, you know, they're looking they're looking to see where they're getting traffic from. So much appreciated, Blasco. I hope you can stay warm uh, out there in Salt Lake and the and the gig is is killer. I guess by the time this airs, uh, your band will be a few few dates in. So I uh, hope their tour goes fantastic. Yeah, man. Thanks everybody. All right, peace. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.
Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.